Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so glad that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. It is fully summer here in Aurora, Nebraska. My kids just left with their babysitter to go to the swim pool for the first time. Uh, so the summer excitement is high. And I hope that wherever you are, you are also enjoying summer. I want to dive right into the article this week because this is an article that honestly I almost skipped over on our list of the 50 most influential OT related articles. Uh, the topic of the article is about screening for congenital CMV. And frankly, CMV was not on my radar at all before reading this article. And I was worried that it was a topic that wouldn't have much impact for most of us. But turns out I was wrong. Even though we won't find concrete treatment implications in this article, CMV infection is still a very important topic for those of us who work in healthcare to be aware of, and chances are by the time we turn 40, over half of us will actually be carriers of CMV. So let's dive on in. This article comes to us from the Journal of Reviews in Medical Virology. This journal has an impact factor of 5.03 which means that in a given year, an average article from that journal article will be cited about five times, which gives us an idea of this journal's influence. So this impact factor implies that this journal is a little more influential than the American Journal of Occupational Therapy. And here's the title of the article that we will be looking at. Universal Newborn Screening for Congenital CMV Infection what is the evidence of potential benefit? Like I said, this article was in the Reviews of Medical Virology. It was published in 2014, and it is ranked 12th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles. So as I learned from this article, congenital CMV infection is a leading cause of childhood disability and can result in hearing loss, cognitive deficit, and vision impairment. The article states that the number of children with congenital CMV disabilities is similar to or greater than better-known conditions such as Down syndrome and spina bifida. I actually read another article that was from 2017, so three years after this article was published, and it said that CMV actually causes more permanent disabilities for children than Down syndrome, fetal alcohol syndrome, spina bifida, and pediatric HIV AIDS combined. So it really is surprising that someone like myself hasn't heard of CMV, and that is why I'm so happy that you are listening to this podcast today. So to step back and look at this virus, CMV is a common virus that can affect almost everyone. Once you are infected, the body retains the virus for life. Most people don't know that they have CMV because it presents initially as a common cold or flu where you have fatigue, fever, sore throat, muscle aches, and it really doesn't cause any problems beyond that for healthy people. It is spread from person to person through bodily fluids such as blood, saliva, urine, 
and breast milk. There's no cure for the virus. And like I said, you do retain the virus for the rest of your life, but it does kind of go dormant for most people. CMV, though, becomes a cause for concern if you are pregnant or if you have a weakened immune system. Um, If you develop CMV or have it actively during your pregnancy, you can pass CMV on to your newborn. And a newborn could present with symptoms such as premature birth, low birth weight, jaundice, enlarged and poorly functioning liver, skin splotches, an abnormally small head, and enlarged spleen, pneumonia, or seizures. But the weird part about this is only around 10% of newborns who have CMV will present as symptomatic when they're born, and 90% will show complications of it later on as they get older, which is why screening for CMV at birth can be really, really helpful. Um, Some of the complications that can occur from CMV is hearing loss, intellectual disability, vision problem, seizures, lack of coordination, weakness, or problem using muscles. So this article sought to explore the evidence as to whether newborn CMV screening could allow for early detection and if that detection could actually improve outcomes for the kids that are affected. And overall, it estimated that several thousand children in the U.S. could benefit from screening, detection, and early intervention. So what was occupational therapy's role in this article? Occupational therapy is mentioned in the article as a non-pharmaceutical intervention for children with congenital CMV. However, no direction is really given as to what this occupational therapy treatment entails. I hope this is something that we can discuss in the forum of the OT Potential Club. Um, If you're not familiar with the OT Potential Club, I'll do a little blurb about it at the end of this podcast, so hang in for that. But one thing that was evident from the research uh, that I think is important for therapists was that the earlier these deficits are detected and addressed, the better. Specifically, the review of evidence concluded... That there is good evidence of the potential benefit of non-pharmaceutical intervention for children with delayed hearing loss that occurs at nine months of age. There was fair evidence of non-pharmaceutical intervention for hearing loss occurring between nine and 24 months of age. And then the evidence for non-pharmaceutical intervention after 24 months of age was designated as poor or insufficient where there just had not been enough studies about the impact of interventions for kids at this age. So my two main takeaways from the article were this. The first was that I can see occupational therapists playing an important role in being advocates for screening for congenital CMV at their particular hospitals. Screening is not something that is mandated nationally, and from what I can tell, kind of hospital by hospital, they are deciding whether this is something that they want to screen infants for on a regular basis. So for example, if you are in an area where you are seeing lots of kids who are affected by CMV, I read that this is something that you might decide at a hospital-wide level to be screening your kids for. To get the diagnosis of congenital CMV, the kids really need to be screened between two and three weeks after birth. If they're not screened and they present with these complications at a later date, it's not possible to go back and confirm that congenital CMV diagnosis if that initial test wasn't done when they were young. 
So for example, if a child is presenting with these symptoms around nine months of age, it can lead to what the article calls a diagnostic odyssey, where the family and the doctors are searching and searching for what is causing these developmental delays. And had the screen been done initially, they would have had that information and been able to be proactive about treatments. The second thing that I took away from this article uh, wasn't actually directly mentioned in the article, but in my research, I had actually found another article on this topic, and that is that pediatric OTs are actually at an increased risk of CMV infection because of their work with children, and there's inevitably uh, sneezes and bodily fluids flying about. So for a pediatric therapist who is thinking about getting pregnant or who is pregnant, this is just something that I would want to be aware of, that I would be at this increased risk. It is important to know that universal precautions do significantly decrease your risk of getting CMV. So, of course, we're careful about hand washing and all those things, but if it was myself in a pregnancy, this might be something that I would talk to my doctor about getting screened for. Okay, this is just brushing the surface of OT and CMV, obviously. There is a lot more to learn and a lot more to discuss about this condition, but I hope this podcast gives you at least a high-level overview and maybe even just puts it on your radar like it did for me. If you want to dive into this article further or discuss it with other occupational therapists, I want to invite you to the OT Potential Club, where you can find my written overview of this article. There is also a forum where you can ask questions and share your experiences if you are someone who has worked with a child who was affected by CMV. As always, to celebrate our most liked comment in the forum, I send $100 to the person who made the comment. So head on over to the club to get started. You can sign in or sign up at otpotential.com. If that isn't your thing, that is totally fine. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I encourage you to subscribe or possibly leave a review. And just thank you all for joining us this week and give great care this week.